Hello, I'm horror cartoonist Dennis St. John. I draw monsters and write twisted tales. As you can imagine, I was a little obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Lucky for me, so were most of my high school friends, all except one. One friend who stubbornly refused to join the Scoobies. So here we are, 20-some-odd years later. I'm teaming up with Doc Travis, John Teach Landis, and maybe a special guest or two. And we're going to make our friend, Michael Poli watch one episode of Buffy a week until he's no longer the Buffy Virgin. Welcome to Buffy Virgin, a spoiler-free Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. Uh, we're going to be walking the yellow brick road with Season 5, Episode 5, No Place Like Home. I'm your host, Monster Expert Dennis St. John. Uh, we are missing one of our regular cast members, but why don't the other two of you re- uh, introduce yourself in order from least amount of shoes you own to most? Hi, my name is John. I own very few pairs of shoes. I have a pair of work shoes. I have a pair of weekend shoes which are my previous work shoes, but now have holes in them. And I also have a pair of hiking boots, and that is all the shoes. And my name is Michael. I'm the Virgin. I've seen only up to Season 5, Episode 5, No Place Like Home. And I have too many shoes. I have uh, professional shoes. I have two pairs of hiking shoes. I have two pairs of hiking sandals. I have some regular sandals, flip-flops. I have the the really nice shoes I only wear to weddings. And then I have some running shoes. Nice. I got a couple random shoes, um, but my favorite shoes are my hand-woven uh, by wool uh, inside the apartment slippers. Those are, that's what I'm wearing when I'm at home. Comfy. Uh, I'm sure, sorry, that's <laughs> boring podcast information. Why don't we get to more exciting stuff? And we'll get into uh, reactions for Season 5, Episode 1. <laughs> Audience reactions. We'll start off with um, at Renan Oz says, um, as someone who does not care about Dracula lore and or its various versions, I did not need any more of it and had slightly gritted teeth through that convo. Lol. lol. Uh, made up for in spades by the shout outs of both the witches and MASH. Out of <laughs> Winchester era for life. Uh, and then, uh, Renan Oz says, uh, interesting side note, read the actor playing Dracula. It was a network thing. Uh, they were debuting a TV movie at the time. And so when the writers pulled the script up, uh, they asked for it to be a crossover. And I don't know what uh, TV movie that was. We should look that up. Yeah. So is that if I'm hearing that right, there's a TV movie out there about this Dracula? I think it just stars the actor playing Dracula. But in oh, Darn it. Uh, I was, that would be amazing. Yeah. A whole TV movie about that Dracula just like being being a dandy around and like being really difficult. Um, Ren also says, uh, and also weird prediction this week, Mike. Buffy doesn't have a sister. Have you blanked all of Don's scenes from the first four seasons? Season five. What a fascinating ride. Uh, Sagaf9 uh, has a similar comment. What are you guys talking about? Don has always been there. I <laughs> uh, love the summary, by the way. Oh shit! I love it when the listeners are playing around, playing along with this crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll figure out more about Don this episode. Um, but first, uh, Silver Spike also in reaction to season five, episode one. Um, this is uh, some of our HD talk that uh, Silver Spike is reacting to. Uh, Buffy was never widescreen. The so-called HD versions are appalling. Joss is adamant. 
Uh, it should be reviewed as it was shot in 4x3. See Passion of the Nerds' latest video on the subject. It does cover all seasons through, uh, though, so beware spoilers. Um, which, I've seen that video, it's really good. And uh, John, by the time this airs, John will have released a video also about the HD. So we're very aware of, of these issues. Uh, but John's just pointing out fun stuff he finds. Uh, and there's a really good video about it that if you haven't watched by now, you should. Um, JM, meaning James Marster's accent, was all over the place. Uh, what episode were you watching, lol? Um, the Initiative v. Dracula. Uh, you do get this whole show is meant to be a metaphor for a young woman's life and not a retelling <laughs> of old horror characters. Also, this was obviously meant to be seen as a lighthearted comedy episode. Uh, nice to see a rep from Middle Earth included in your lineup th this month, though. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Major dig. Uh. Silver Spike, do you own a power plant? Because you are Mr. Burns. <laughs> that was weak, John. <laughs> uh, Garant uh, Thatcher says, uh, love the summary. Uh, they got a new stunt double for season five for Buffy season five onwards. And I hated that cartwheel kick she would do. It looks so goofy. Um, we'll try to pay attention to that. All right. So uh, thank you, everybody, for reacting. Um, if we miss your comments, uh, we're sorry. But uh, thank you very much for Saying what you say. Uh, now let's do the summary. The summary. Dawn is the key. Dawn is the key. Dawn is the key. Is the key. Is the key. Dawn is the key. All right, thank you, Mike. Um, let's do great lines. Great lines. Uh, and I, I chose kind of a classic that will live on in Buffy infamy. Uh, Buffy saying this, Mike, what are you doing here? Five words or less. Out for a walk, bitch. <laughs> the pause on between walk and bitch is pretty yeah. nice. Because it's a little <laughs> bit uncertain. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he, he realized he's got that extra word and he's like, yes, extra word. <laughs> it's like adding an it's like adding an S and Scrabble and hitting like a triple word score. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this one is just uh, Xander riffing on Anya's amazing shopkeeping. Anya, the shopkeepers union America called. They want me to tell you, please go. Just got replaced with have a nice day. <laughs> And uh, I enjoy, it's not a funny line, but uh, I enjoy when Willow says, I have all of this involuntary empathy for Dawn, which I don't think I realized before that phrase involuntary empathy has really stuck in my brain. And I think I've, I use that as a regular part of my speech ever since oh, wow. this episode. So uh, <laughs> here's for involuntary empathy. Yeah. And involuntary Buffyisms. That's cool. Uh, and now uh, for the kill count. The kill count. Uh, three humans, because I'm counting the two other monks we saw at the beginning who weren't there at the end. Uh, one vampire is staked. And uh, new category, brain drained. There are two brain drains this episode. All right. Let's get into the meat and potatoes with weird noticings and trivia. 
weird noticings. Hey, you guys remember raves? Man, I I love this uh, security guard actor who thinks that Buffy's a raver. It took me a minute to understand that that's what he thought. Uh, Because, like, Buffy hangs out in all these desolate areas anyway. But for someone to call out, like, hey, I know you're going to a warehouse rave or whatever. Like, that was very funny. And then this glow ball, you know, it's like some raver shit. I swear I don't get your generation. I also like how friendly that dude is. He's just like, I'm just doing my job, but I'm really lonely. Do you want to hang out? (laughs) I'm going to show you away, but you want to talk for a minute? (laughs) It sort of reminds me of this kind of weird character actor that shows up on Angel as well. There's one where there's some episode where there's an emotional uh, lady that like psychic or whatever. And there's a totally weird cop character this reminds me of. It's not a different actor, but I kind of love this. I like when they add a little personality to these fucking background people. Ugh. So good. Uh, speaking of background people, uh, Scott L. Schwartz is the vampire that Buffy's beating up uh, around that scene. And uh, he was in Ocean's Eleven. He is in a lot of movies where he plays the big dumb guy who's beating you up. And uh, <laughs> I just like seeing him here. He's so huge compared to tiny Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she gets a bunch of full like face punches, you know, this episode. And that that fight was fun, but it just made me think like she's she could stake this guy at any minute. Like. <laughs> Is it just like in the video game version of stuff where you have to beat up the guy a bunch before you can do the final blow? Because like I've never played the Buffy video game, but I imagine that's what happens. Yeah, staking is a fatality. Totally. You got to quip and hit. I mean, it's very Spider-Man, this whole Buffy thing, the way they play it off. There's also a Spider-Man reference this episode, which is like, what, the second time she's been like referred to like as as Parker level strength. I miss the days when like Spider-Man was the only quippy superhero. Like every superhero is like equally quippy now. That's a separate rant. Um. (laughs) Buffy has a moment of being really confused about the phrase about making money hand over fist. And I realized I also found that (laughs) phrase to be confusing. So I looked it up. Apparently it's a nautical saying hand over fist is you're climbing a rope. Your hand is over your fist because you're like pulling yourself up a rope. And so, like, back in the day, hand over fist was a metaphor because you're climbing a rope, you're making progress. And it was just a, meant you're making progress. And at some point, it became narrowed to only mean meaning financial progress. So hand over fist Uh. is because you're climbing a rope to riches. Wow. It sounds like pirate terminology to me. I I think I've literally never thought it through. It is, your visual of climbing a rope is perfect. It's just like, oh, yeah, that just means I'm doing great. (laughs) Hand over fist. To steal a line from one of John's themes, um, I noticed an H- HD issue of uh, when the mysterious character is banging on that metal door, you can see the, wi- the wire pulling it. No, just was never uh, meant to be shown in such clarity. And that character reveal is awesome uh, for the woman in the red dress. Uh, she's great. I, I love it. Like, it just felt like another Buffy clone had arrived. And like, Maybe that's what she is. Who knows? I mean, it's very unclear to me what this new character wants. She wants the key, which we know now we now know is Dawn and what how that works in human form. Yeah, I'm like, this is (laughs) so confusing and convoluted to be like, like literally insane. Like this episode makes me feel insane because it's like, (laughs) I mean, I'll just talk about it right now for a second. Sorry. It's just that so Dawn is a key in human form made by monks two months ago, and they've given everybody magical memories of it being a human, 
in order to protect it because they'll want to protect Dawn. And like, it is interesting because Willow's like, hey, Dawn, you know, watch out for Dawn, you know, to Buffy because Buffy will get mad at her. And like, it's that part's interesting to me because it's like, why does Willow care except that she's an empathetic human? is how it reads. But then it's like, no, actually, it's part of this viral, you know, thing they've been infected by. And so they want to protect Don, even though they shouldn't. Uh, and I just thought that very, it's very strange. Um, I don't know where it's going with this fucking story, but it's, uh, it's weird. Um, it's, it's a weird way to dis- like dissect sibling relationships um, yeah. by saying someone is not real, <laughs> which I think we all suspect of our siblings. But uh, or like not um, they're not related. Right. But uh, we can get into it later. But anyway, the reveal is great. This new character is crazy. Uh, That speech uh, where she's uh, like interrogating the monk is like awesome. It goes like between like sexual, uh, like like a little bit erotic to like fucking weird rage, self-doubt, narcissism. Like it's just a full display of the things. (laughs) Of all the things. Yeah, I, re- I wish Trav was here because uh, this character is one of his favorites. Um, which I don't think is spoiling anything to say that. He just really likes this character. Uh, so he would have probably been resisting saying more like like John and I are. Yeah. Uh, it's it's, it's hard. This There's is a, a spoiler-free podcast. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she is. I think you're totally right that she... Like the term Buffy clone is maybe a little wonky, but like she's what did, like last week you used a different term. Like uh, we were talking about just the all the characters that look like Buffy. Right. So it's like Kate is a kind of a Buffy lookalike harmony. Yeah, they're just they're these like Buffy equivalents or other sides of Buffy. Uh, and that's what she seems to be. Uh, if you go down the bottom, there's a uh, screenshot there. Uh, more uh, HD. Yeah. So the monk right before he's captured by the uh, woman in the red dress, who we're not going to say what her name is because apparently that's that's a minor spoiler. Um, anyway, uh, he's he has this map and he circles something on the map. So in the HD version, you can actually see the street names on the map, and it's actually a map of Santa Barbara. Ah. Um. And he's circling something, and I'm not sure why does they I couldn't figure out in the plot like why he would have a map and why he would be circling a place on the map. Do we know really what that was about? I think my interpretation, and I could be wrong, but my interpretation was he was circling circling Ravello Drive, Buffy's house. Ah, so it's possible he's circling Buffy's house. That would make sense. Um, but the spot he's circling in reality is actually Arturo's mobile car wash slash detail. <laughs> so <laughs> Just for whatever that's worth. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't seem to have a car. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. It's also, it's nice that, you know, like people talk about how Sunnydale is an analog for Santa Barbara. They actually used the map of Santa Barbara in this case. I'm frustrated that I feel like Buffy didn't seem to understand Giles' primary point when he's like, uh, the ramblings of a madman aren't much to go on. She's she's just answers with, but it's all we've got. It's like, no, I think he's trying to say, like, you don't have to. It's a madman. Like, <laughs> uh, I just find that frustrating dealing with a lot of people with delusions. It's like, I know not to listen to those delusions. They're not like there's not a secret inner meaning to them. They're just like. OK, thanks. Uh, so does Robert Zemeckis get a dollar every time someone fades out in an old photo? 
Like, does somebody get paid for that? Because, like, the, first of all, the effects are great this episode, but that photo yeah. fading effect, which we all know from Back to the Future, like, is it okay to do that? Like, don't we, don't you have to do something a little different? <laughs> uh, what I like I, about stuff like that is then it's the question of like, why did they crop that photo that way then? If it's like <laughs> a full third of the frame is empty. Uh, you know, it's part of the golden ratios, you know, obviously. I I love the effect, though, of the, the room blinking out between the, like, it's the old room that was left alone, like, uh, and abandoned versus, yeah. you know, Don's room. That is so good. And then it's like, but th- I feel like it's such a powerful visual trick that, like, I literally don't know what the show is doing right now because it has said that Dawn isn't real, but is real. So like this, this is just like a magical cue that something is off, but it's like not literally true. It's just like, um, this is emotionally what's happening. But like, I was like, but is this literally happening? (laughs) Yeah, it's a good question. Like, so if there's all that stuff stored in Dawn's room in the other reality, like where is all that stuff? Yeah. Did they just, did they just lose that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Or like there must've been so many events and activities that, uh, they were able to do because Don wasn't there just cause like a family of two is going to have more time to spend on each other than a family of three. Right. So like what happened to those events and those memories? Like those just get, those are gone. They're rewritten. They're slightly yeah. rewritten. Yeah. Um, before that, I, I really like that tripping scene stuff. And I also really like the setup for it. Uh, just the very funny, like, delivery of, like, what is basically exposition dialogue, which is, like, you need to do a trance. But, like, Anya just, like, brings it up to this next level because she starts talking about, like, the 16th century guy who's oh so cute in his little knickers. Um, <laughs> and then, like, Buffy misunderstanding French and <laughs> thinks it's rotate many foodstuffs. Uh, which is like a callback to like the last time she studied French was in high school, right? <laughs> uh, so I just liked like, you know, when you can like deliver a lot of like informational dialogue in a way that's like very fun, like that's super hard to do. And the show totally really well. I mean, you called it out in the great lines, but WTF Spike is straight creeping. <laughs> uh, that was so unexpected because um, Buffy is like out on a mission now to. F- She's like had the magical vision and then like Spike is behind a tree, like staring at her in the window. I don't know if what he's seeing, uh, but he's just yeah. hanging out her house by out of her house. Ugh. Like, yeah, and I, there's all those uh, cigarette butts. He's been there for a while. Like, I mean, he could straight up look in the window. Like, I think he has an invitation to the house, I believe. Is that correct? Can Spike just come in? Uh, I know he can go to point, Giles's place. I feel like it's yeah. gone back and forth and I can't remember now. I mean, they could have magically sealed it or not, right? Because I know Willow has that spell that she knows. Yeah, I don't remember. It's been a but, while. But uh, wow, that's fun. That's fun to see. Uh, <laughs> probably saw what like where Riley goes. What's Riley up to? Yeah. Um. <laughs> then there's the, the we can talk about the retail scene. That shit's crazy. Oh, it's such a fun, crazy arc in this episode of uh, no one's going to the magic shop. Wow, the magic shop is like insanely busy <laughs> with no marketing. Like, uh, there's so many warlocks and wizards in Sunnydale, man. 
that's good stuff. Uh, so there's a big stunt fight this episode. Uh, I just wanted to point out because it does feel like the the with the introduction of this new character who is at potentially a new power level, um, the stunts are pumped up a level. Uh, there's a lot of throwing people across rooms, punching into like uh, punching into concrete walls. Uh, I don't know. It was a good fight, I thought. Um, and it's cool because like like we were saying with Buffy fighting that big vampire earlier, like we set up how strong she is. And then this creature's at another level. Uh, so we get like, I don't know. It doesn't feel like a normal Buffy fight. Um, and I also wanted to point out uh, at the end when Anya's doing her rant that there's some funny stuff like in the magic shop, like a sign that says shoplifters will be transfigured. Uh, yeah, there, there's another sign uh, that's a little harder to read and I, um, that says uh, manager's special voodoo dolls half off. <laughs> so I guess Giles, uh, I think he must have inherited a lot of stock from the dead person. Yeah, he he wants to clear out because there's a lot of discount signs. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, there is some odd stuff like straight up figurines and crap that just looks like that doesn't belong in a magic store. All right, uh, Mike, you want to finish this up? Sure. Um, I think everybody is allowed to have at least one. You aren't really my sibling moment. And uh, I I've totally related to Buffy's um, kind of insane sister grab. Now I've never <laughs> done that. But like, I think emotionally, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you, there's no way you're acting crazy. And I know I have proven <laughs> it factually that you're insane and we are not related. And like, uh, <laughs> uh, that was just a wonderful, emotionally true, though, like very strange part. Um, I I mean, the idea of like Buffy just staring at Dawn and waiting for her to like revert to her true form or whatever <laughs> is going to happen. Like, yeah, totally. Like, that's that's a rad moment. And then when nothing happens. Uh, I mean, that that whole sequence is great because it's it's also about how Joyce is not magically sick. It's yeah. uh, and, and Dawn is the thing. And like, I, I like that reveal a lot. I think it's really well handled, um, though. The, the end of this episode is artfully strange. Uh, I, I don't know about that, that choice, but uh, it clearly wants us to think about the Dawn Buffy relationship. Um, but I no idea where they're going to go with this. <laughs> I think you're you're hitting on kind of like the central like idea of the show of like handling real life feelings through like big crazy monster metaphors, right? And it's like like emotionally, I get what Buffy's going through with the ear like the sheer irritation with the sister, uh, but then to bring it up to that like she's an invisible ghost thing, uh, and I definitely like I've had way more than than one um, from my brother saying we're not really siblings because you know he has different delusions about who he is and what the family is. Uh, so, uh, from the other side, from Don's side, I rec, I recognize like somebody yelling, like, you're not my brother. Wow. No, you're the key to another dimension where I can get back home maybe, or whatever it is. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, so let's move on to questions for the group. Questions for the group. Okay, so uh, Dawn's nickname with her mother is Lil Pumpkin Belly. What was your mom's nickname for you? I actually don't remember. I'm sure I had one because I'm sure my mom would have done that. Uh, I remember my dad used to call my brother Loki Pokey. Aw. <laughs> That's cute. 
Uh, I'm sure I had one, yeah, but I don't, I don't remember it. Yeah, I can't recall any like fun nicknames or anything. I feel like we're, they were pretty straight with us. I feel like we're just little adults. <laughs> that sounds like your parents a little bit, actually. <laughs> they just be like, good morning, young Mr. Poli. <laughs> oh, yeah, my dad used to call me Master Dennis a lot. Oh, that's cute. Oh, I'll, I'll riff on that. Yeah, my dad would call me Mr. Poli. That's <laughs> Seriously? That was, that was yeah. the joke I was just making. <laughs> no, no, that's, but that's like, didn't struck me as a nickname or whatever, but like, he'll stu- still do that on the phone now. He'll say, oh, like, Mr. Like Poli. And that's then I say Mr. Poli back. And then it's like, oh, ha, 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 ha. No, I could but, never call my dad Mr. St. John's. That's nice. Mm-hmm. He always insisted on Dr. St. John's. <laughs> <laughs> when I was little, my mom called me Bugsy. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, she still does sometimes. Makes me feel good. Uh, Mike, I like your next question. It's heavy. Uh, have you ever felt excluded? This is maybe too. <laughs> have you ever felt excluded from a special sibling parent relationship? Like, you know, the moment that I love that the pumpkin belly is about is when, you know, Buffy sees like her mom and, you know, Dawn have a special book club. <laughs> and she's like, what? Book club? Huh? I, which I love. Because it's like there's a special thing. And I've, I don't know, have you ever had that happen? Not specifically, although that moment is really well structured, especially because Buffy doesn't respond to it. She's just like, you guys have book club? And then she just drops it because she can't handle it. <laughs> that moment's amazing. Um, yeah. I don't know if I ever had felt specifically excluded like that. Although my, uh, my father is visiting my sister in Boston right now. And uh, they sent me, they were sending me pictures of uh, eating breakfast together with with uh with my sister's cat it was really sweet <laughs> at least they're not posting photos like the full family's here <laughs> <laughs> the real family <laughs> yeah uh yeah I, I think my brother always needed a little more attention than i did so there was definitely like mom was always paying more attention to him than me but i also always felt like i was very respected among the family so uh, I got my attention. Uh, Mike, you have questions we cannot answer. Can I just ask it anyway? Because it's like, I, I just need a, a little bit of a reality check on this. So what are the powers of this new character, the lady in the red dress? So she can break doors so- down. She can throw Buffy across a room. She can put duct tape on people. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> That's literally, but then she can also melt a brain. Yeah, she can brain uh, drain. Brain drain. That's what we're calling that. And I'm also, like, it. Yeah. it appears to have, like, a finish, like, a nice, like, relaxing finish afterwards when you, like, bra- drain a brain. Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, interesting new monster. Don't know this type of monster. I don't even know what they're referencing. This feels like a character from Angel, which is a straight-up strange monster out of touch with other monsters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this one and the karaoke monster, or whatever, like, are just these <laughs> weird freaking karaoke monsters. Monster. Uh, I'm glad you got that fire in Angel. That's great. <laughs> Karaoke Monster is like my favorite new m- random monster. He's great. I, I, and it's really well explained. I was never confused. Because <laughs> <laughs> Angel has a lot of whiffs on monsters. They're like, oh, this is the psychic little kid monster. Eh. Uh, I don't need to go into it. Sorry. Yes, you do. You need to go into it when we do our next Angel special. Oh, sure. Stay tuned, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) 
We should uh, do our angel special in a karaoke bar and call it Caritas. Um, so any stressful retail experiences, guys, you want to reflect Working on? Working or, or shopping? <laughs> Whatever comes up. Well, I did have to work at uh, the KB Toys in Bloomington, Indiana, which is the only toy store within a, quite a distance uh, for Black Friday. Mm. And uh, we opened at, I, I think it was like 4.30 in the morning, and there was already a line to the, that like stretched to the outside of the mall. And like uh, there were dudes, there was, there was a dad who like, to get the like hot toy or whatever, started like climbing the gondola <laughs> shelving. Like he was climbing the shelves like hand over fist. He was going up the up the shelves, and I had to like be like, "Dude, don't do that." Like, so that was stressful, and it was a twelve hour shift. They made everybody work twelve hour shifts that day, and I had a because I, I had another job at the movie theater in the same mall. And after my shift at the at the twelve hour shift at the uh, toy store, I had to go immediately to my shift at the movie theater and work. It was seventeen hour day. It was Oof. awful. <laughs> Wow, dude. It was a rough day. I mean, I, I've worked retail as well. I've worked both at like a Bed Bath Beyond type place and uh, at a UPS store. And that Christmas season is legit insane. So it wasn't exactly like working at the post office. It's kind of maybe worse. I can't really tell. But yeah, working at a UPS during the Christmas season, you just really feel like you can't keep up. You can't breathe. And uh, people are angry about the expense of shipping and also you're a retail location so it's a little bit higher than it should be it totally is and like just this uh anxious feeling like i'm participating in some kind of uh willful robbery of people <laughs> uh slash uh people's insistence and like you're like you have a fucking sign you can point to that says how many days till you know you can ship till christmas and what style of shipping just because you're like i know you're gonna ask about this thing i know this is a problem but yeah, the sign. Okay. We in the shipping business have heard of Christmas. When, when you're in that position of like uh, of a shit job like that, and it's like you have to like stress yourself out and like lay yourself down for this thing that you don't even like. You know, like right now, like, you know, like now I'm a teacher, like my job's stressful. It's like at least I can go home and be like, well, I there's a good reason for doing all this and for being stressed out. But when you work at like a shitty store, it's just like, I really don't care if this store like burns to the ground tomorrow. Like, why would I work a 12 hour shift and like deal with people who are mean to me? Yeah, retail is one of those nightmare jobs. I mean, it's like wait, waitering or serving is a nightmare job, too. Yeah, you just walk around with a little bit of anxiety the whole time. Yeah, I do um, work a booth, a very popular booth at Comic-Con. Um, so luckily, that's like only four days a, a year that I'm doing retail these days. Um <laughs> But it's very stressful, and there's a lot. And I definitely have people who don't make it. Into, we have to shut off the line, or the fire marshal uh, shuts us all down, which has happened. Um, and so I have people hovering around the line that I have to like shoo away, who are like, "This is wrong. You know, this is wrong." Oh, God, <laughs> those peanuts fans are intense. <laughs> they are so intense, dude. Uh, people, everybody's intense about Comic Con exclusives, and oh, like, okay. Uh, so people come back every day to get the daily exclusive and they get really mad if you don't have it or they get very pushy. Um, and some of it I have empathy for because we have like problems with like um, we have to have like um, a disabled line and people get confused about that because it's not we don't have a clear sign about it um, and about what the rules of this. That's not the proper term. I forget what the term is for our disabled line. But then people who don't know that that's what it is get upset that they see somebody cutting. It's fucking a mess. Um uh another real life experience uh accidentally being really high around your parents am i right <laughs> when buffy's like 
trying to be chill, talking to her mom, and she's like having full on like magic hallucinations. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I didn't even trigger from that. That's okay, I know this experience. Like, <laughs> just pretend to be normal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, we've already kind of talked about the big Don reveal. Uh, we have anything more to say about it? I, I, I guess I wanted to say, you know, Michael, that your read of what is going on with Don, like you definitely picked up on all of the information that was given in this episode, which was not true of me when I watched it the first time. <laughs> I think I had to watch, I was much further into this season before I fully wrapped my mind as to what was going on with Don as the key. Oh, as the key? Yeah, I mean, it is. there isn't a lot going on in this episode, uh, but there's enough to be like, because I've already been suspicious of Dawn. I know she's not real, even though our listeners are trying to uh, gaslight me, which is fine. <laughs> um, I, know it's, I know it's bullshit, but I also don't know how they want to pull it off, right? So this is a crazy option, because like, I'm used to this multidimensional shit, but also just like, oh, between seasons, some monks did a thing. And they created a human manifestation of a key and then gave it to the Slayer to hold. And that's Dawn. And uh, they gave everyone false memories of Dawn. So they'd want to protect her. Uh, but also Joyce is dying unrelated and has have afforded a special relationship with this human key who thinks doesn't that thinks she's human, but also is innocent. Like, come on. Like, this is, cra- this is crazy. And then there's a monster that wants to probably use Dawn to open a dimensional gate so she get back home or wherever she's from because she doesn't want to be there. Doesn't like being in a human world, clearly. So it's like Don is the key to a thing. Probably Don has to be sacrificed to open a door or something like that. Or the door is inside Don. Who the, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, there, there's a lot I want to say about this, but I don't think I can talk about it now. No. Uh, all right. Uh, let's do recommendations. Recommendations. Um, I'm going to recommend, I might have recommend, recommended all these or two of these before. Uh, I'm going to do a t- Tale of Two Sisters, a Korean horror movie with uh, sisters. Um, not to reveal the ending of that movie, but there's a specific reason that relates to this episode. Um, it was also remade into an American movie called The Uninvited, which is not as good, but the original's good. Um, the ultimate retail movie is uh, Dawn of the Dead, uh, so I'm recommending that. And um, I actually really struggled with finding there's a shit ton of like nun movies and priest movies, but there's not that many monk movies. So the only one I could really find was Catacombs, a.k.a. uh, Curse for the Ultimate Sacrifice, which is about monks um, protecting. uh, Let's see the. Audience review for Catacombs. Uh, A demon who has been imprisoned in a monastery for a century awakens. Uh, It's a Charles Band movie. Um, You know, it's Full Moon Productions. They do the Puppet Master series and like Evil Bong and uh, Meridian, which is one of my favorites. Um, So that's the quality you're getting with that movie. Um, It was weirdly hard for me to find like an evil monk movie. Not an evil monk movie, but what about uh, Name of the Rose? You could do Name of the Rose. Yeah, with uh, <laughs> with Sean Connery. Yeah. All right. Name of the Rose. <laughs> Classic monk movie. That's the monk movie. Besides, obviously, the TV show Monk, which you didn't bring up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, now let's finish this all off with some cray cray predictions. Cray cray predictions. 
Virgin Predictions. Okay, uh, quick review. Uh, your current uh, overall accuracy is at a 63%. Uh, and at 85, a stellar 85.7 in this season alone. So let's see where we go from there. Okay, uh, a few things to talk about here. Won't be able to resolve all of them. Uh, so back in season three, you predicted the next time Buffy gets good advice from an adult other than Giles or Joyce, that adult will die in that episode. <laughs> so Dennis said he wanted to bring this one up because the monk, the monk's dying words could qualify as advice. I think yeah, I'm going to rule against that personally. He says to because, protect, uh, you know, protect the key. Uh, actually, I don't feel like that's advice. That's more of like, I'm giving you a job. It's when my boss like tells me that they want something due the next day, that's not advice. That's, uh, <laughs> that's an order. I just thought it was surprising this hasn't come up. Uh, since season three, episode four. Um, I mean, I guess it was like my, Mike's prediction was maybe too specific, but it feels like a thing. Like, yeah, I've tried to find another one there. Uh, and I, every once in a while, y'all you know, look back at that prediction and think about that. But uh, I can't think of a, a solid one that we've missed. If any, if any of the listeners know of one that we've missed where an adult gives Buffy good advice and then does or doesn't die, that would, that would satisfy yeah. this prediction. I, yeah. Cause I almost feel like, um, Walsh, Walsh, Professor Walsh doesn't give good advice, but she gives like threatening advice and then right. dies, right? Right. It's that good advice thing. <laughs> okay, so also in season three, Michael predicted that this isn't the last time that Joyce tries to understand Buffy. Understand it's in scare quotes. Also, she's not going to understand Buffy. She's going to comically, what is this a long prediction? She's going to comically, <laughs> and I can't read it all. She's going to comically and adultly misunderstand her. <laughs> uh, I just thought this is one to maybe pay attention to because, like, Joyce is coming up a lot more this season. True. Um, and I do think, like, she is misunderstanding Buffy still. She's like, oh, a slayer or something. I yeah. just don't know if it's comically and adultly happening. Uh, Definitely more uh, comic. At the end of season three, Michael, you predicted that, G that Giles was going to get a job at the college. And since Giles seems to have moved on his in his career now, he hasn't gotten a job at the college. I think we're going to go ahead and handle this one now. Uh, and we're going to go ahead and deny that one because you got a job not at the college. This magic store is his thing. So that is denied. This is another, like, the magic store is something we haven't really talked about that much. But it's like, it's another question about his finances. He was able to buy this store. Like... You know, it's a new job. He's not like, like, what are his finances, I guess? Like, because he's not going to be able to give himself like a salary from it for a while. Right. Right. He Nobody asks wizards where they get money. Nobody asks. OK, <laughs> wizards just have money. <laughs> he's an alchemist. I get it. <laughs> OK, in the end of season four, though, uh, going along with that, you did predict that Giles will get a job in season five and he has gotten a job. So that's confirmed. You also predicted that the gang will get a new headquarters in season five. And I think when Xander in this episode says, do you ever miss the library at the school? Or do you ever think you'd miss the library at the school? I think that's the official moment that this becomes the gang's <laughs> hangout because he's officially comparing it to their old hangout. So that is also confirmed. And Riley's all like danger room. Come on. <laughs> this yep. is fucking X-Men headquarters. Can't believe it's season five and they finally get a danger room. 
Okay, so now we're going to get onto some more specific and recent predictions. Uh, at the beginning of this season, and this is a super prediction. Michael, this is going to be, I think, our first super prediction that we've actually confirmed or denied. Michael, your super prediction at the beginning of this season was Buffy doesn't have a sister. And I think based on what we know now, I think we can confirm this one. I don't know. There's clearly a sister. Dawn is clearly a sister. Yeah, this one, I, I think there, there's, <laughs> there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a debate here to be had. And I don't think we're going to get the full skinny on all the information we need for this debate for a little while. So we could leave it open. Dennis, I, you know everything I know. What do you think? Do you think you want to, you want to put a nail on this now? Do you I want to mean, talk about it later? Because I, there's, I think there's Mike, a debate to be had. Mike what did not say, like, Buffy hasn't always had a sister who started out as a human. Right. Like, which that I would give him. But, like, there's a sister. Right now, there is a sister. Okay. Do, do you want to put a pin in that one? <laughs> yeah, I want to put a pin in it. Okay, we'll just put a pin in that one. We're going to leave it open. Uh, I think there's a there's there's going to be a knockdown drag out debate. So we still have not confirmed or denied any super predictions. Then I need more people on the show besides Dennis for when that happens, because <laughs> if Dennis is going to be the arbit arbiter, you know, if he's going to figure out the situation, like, come on, she's not a sister. It's fake. <laughs> Happened this episode. This might make you irritated, Michael, but we do have two oh, no. non super predictions about Dawn that are a little more cut and dry. And I think we're going to uh, address here. Um, Michael, you predicted the same episode that Buffy's sister is a demon that is hiding out. And so whatever she is, sister or not, I think we can, we can address that she is not a demon that's hiding out. So okay. that is the next up. And you also predicted that Dawn is Faith in season five, episode two. And again, whatever she is, I think we're pretty sure that she's not Faith. So that is also denied. I really liked that prediction, by the way. That was a good prediction. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like I think you were picking like every buff or every faith appearance has like referenced the coming of Don um, in dreams, which we can talk about now a little. Um, so it's like almost like you were picking up on that, even though I think we we had been avoiding that. But um, there was magical hinting in dreams with faith. Yeah, no, I, I literally I feel like every time I watch that dream episode with people and I think I watch it with two different groups of people, uh, the end of season four, like when uh there's a reference to dawn coming in that episode and like people who are re-watching the show or have seen it whatever they're always like oh whenever that <laughs> moment happens and i'm like okay that's a thing whatever this is this is a thing and uh so i was trying to like oh it's that's what's going on obviously wrong but anyway so uh as a result your overall accuracy michael has dropped from a 63 and change to a 62 and change and your uh, accuracy for this season went from an uh, 85 something to a 66. So, well, that super prediction is going to bring me back and I know it will. <laughs> I just need to have people on the show that understand that Dawn is not Buffy's sister and don't try and like present this uh, gaslit version of reality. <laughs> but what is a sister? What happened really? in season four? What happened in season four, Dennis? Where was the sister then? Whether she had a sister in season four is a different prediction than Buffy doesn't have a sister. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. What, is, uh, what does our audience think? I was the sister. I feel like uh, they would have to be biologically created by Joyce. And so, no, not a sister. Yeah, I don't That's think a... we're going to be able to fully have this debate until almost the end of the season. Okay. Sorry to say. 
All right, Michael, you have some new predictions for us? I am going to get the dictionary open and look up the word sister, and we're going to see what happens. Uh, okay, <laughs> so predictions for this season, I would say this episode, rather. Uh, the new monster in the red dress, whatever her name is, will not be killed in season five. I feel like this is a fun new monster. It would be a shame. Very good. Anya is going to take over the magic shop. Now, Giles will still own it, but uh, that means Giles can, like, take a fucking break. Uh, like, I think when we walk in the magic shop, Anya's there all the time. Giles is not going to be there so much. But at some point, there'll be this transition. Anya is going to take over the magic shop. Uh, and maybe take over is the wrong phrasing, because people we are going to forget what this means later. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, Can I just change this here? Anya is going to uh, run the day-to-day -day operations of the magic shop. <laughs> Uh, okay, great. Uh, Buffy will lose her memories of Dawn. She's going to lose her Dawn memories. So whenever they deal with Dawn this season, Buffy's going to lose some of those. Buffy's going to knowingly, I'm going to lose those sister memories. So Buffy will lose her Dawn memories. And it'll be a sad moment because it's like, oh, I had a sister who was great. But now I'm, she's, I'm de she's dead or whatever. I'm going to lose some of these memories. But it's worth it. Um, next memory. Next memory. Next thing, uh, prediction. Dawn is a key to another dimension. I think they said there she's a key, but key to what? Key to another dimension. And that's the home world for this new monster. Okay, and then my final prediction, which is my super prediction. Buffy will not tell Joyce that her memories of Dawn are false. Because I think Joyce is going to die this season with the, with the thinking around that she has a daughter, two daughters. So she, she will die with the idea in her head that Dawn is uh, her daughter. Right. Yeah, she's going to. Yeah. I don't think Buffy would take that away from her. So you're really doubling down on this prediction that uh, Joyce is going to die. Yes, but also that Buffy isn't going to take away the isn't going to like inform her that Dawn is uh, fake and that Very those good. memories are implanted. OK, some good new predictions. Glad you think so. <laughs> That's a lot of quiet men, which I like. It means that I'm getting somewhere. Oh, really? What? What? What am I? What? How do? I, what's my tell? Ah, just like quiet. You want to say something? And you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> how do you know it's I'm like, not uh, holding back from making fun of you for a really stupid prediction? Oh, there's I think Mike has pointed out before that we tend to laugh when he makes mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think quiet is the. Yeah, you got this, but maybe not what you think. And then, like, laughter is like, whoa, whoa, nope. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. Like Dennis said. Thank you for calling out the tells, Dennis. That's very helpful. <laughs> In, uh, they are. Virgin I, mean, I, try to, I try to trick you, trick you up. You're going to predict something real, and I'm going to laugh at you. Yeah, we laugh about... to be safe, like, mute our audio and turn off our camera for this, but... Oh, that's an interesting thought. Oh, that'd we'll be just, so smart. We'll just, like, hold something up. Just... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's the app. Uh, so I've been Dennis St. John. Uh, I'm at D-E-N-I-S-U-M-I-X on Twitter, and that's my dot com. Uh, you can buy my horror books, uh, Land of Many Monsters and Many More Monster Tales and uh, more, uh, wherever the Internet is found. Um, and Michael, what are you up to these days? Where can people find your incredible stuff? <laughs> so I'm doing weekly YouTube videos on my YouTube channel, uh, MP197400. <laughs> 
I have 102 subscribers right now. Uh, I need to get to 20,000 in order to get monetized. So let's get there, folks. Let's get to 20,000 subscribers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm doing uh, YouTube videos every week about stuff I'm into. Uh, this week, I did a video about how to create a text message-based text adventure. I cool. played it. It was fantastic. I died oh, thanks, man. constantly and repeatedly. <laughs> thanks, John. That's, it's uh, it's very silly, uh, but it's, it's a lot of fun to make. Really fun. All right. Uh, so thank you one and all for listening and talking to us at Buffy Virgin. Uh, you can visit our website, BuffyVirgin.com, for links to blog, YouTube, and Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, reach out. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to hit that rate, review, subscribe button. Give us the thumbs up um, at the podcast, podcast listener of your choice. And we'll see you in hell. <laughs>